Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I am Atik Amadbati, a fourth generation homeopath with over 20 years of professional experience in this field of healing. In the Homeopathy Health Show, I'll be talking all things homeopathy and natural with guest interviews, tips and advice and answering some of your questions. Homeopathy is truly a unique complementary system of healing suitable for all ages, young and old. I'd love to hear from you and welcome your questions on homeopathy and how it can or has helped you. Feel free to email me at health at liketreatslike.co.uk or visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk for more information. Once you're there, take a look at the Knowledge Academy and blog section where you will find interesting information. Both sections are growing day by day, so always check back. So let's begin today's show on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio, real feel-good radio. Hi everybody, I hope you're well and that you've had a pleasant week. Um, I've got a very special show lined up for you today, so without further ado, let's introduce my special guest for today's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. It's a great pleasure to have Camilla Scher join me from Tanzania, in fact. Camilla Scher graduated from the Finnish Institute of Homeopathy in 1994, practiced homeopathy for two years before moving to England to attend the Dynamist School of Advanced Homeopathic Studies, where she also teaches. She is, of course, a seasoned teacher, lecturer and public speaker. In 2016, Camilla was awarded a fellowship from the Society of Homeopaths in the UK in recognition for her incredible work for Homeopathy for Health in Africa, an NGO that she and her husband, Jeremy Scher, founded together. Camilla, it's an absolute pleasure indeed to have you on the Homeopathy Health Show. Thank you so much for uh, joining me from, from Tanzania. Thank you, Atik. Thanks very much. I'm so happy to be here. There's so much uh, I want to ask you. I'm a big fan of everything that you're doing. And I really hope that, you know, today can promote the work that you're doing as far as homeopathy for health in Africa. But I actually wanted to start at the beginning, if I may, with uh, your interest in uh, homeopathy. What, what led you to the path of becoming interested in homeopathy and, and healing? Well, when I was about 12 years old, I said to my mum that I wanted to know what the connection was between the mind and the body. I remember they this was like early 80s and they had just discovered stress and stress had become a thing. And they had discovered that there's a connection between stomach ulcers and stress, that if a person gets stressed out, they will have stomach ulcers. And that was like the first time that it was really, well, I was only young, but I believe that that was about the first time when this mind-body connection became something that people were actually discussing and talking about. And it became like a known fact that an emotional, mental emotional thing can cause physical problems in our bodies. And I remember saying to my mom, this is what I want to study. I want to study the, the, the medicine where these two things are connected and I want to know what the connection is. And she said to me, well, um, in that case, you have to become a psychiatrist because, you know, we didn't know. We had no, I grew up in Finland. We had no, there was no homeopathy in Finland in 1982 mm. or whatever. So then I went through high school thinking that I have to get into med school, you know, and Thank God I, I didn't get in. And then I was at a party in September and some I overheard someone else talking about homeopathy that he had just started studying. And I remember hear, hearing like cures like, and it was like, like <laughs> it was like a code word that just went pling. And I glued myself to his side for the whole evening and pumped him information and the next morning I saw an advert for the homeopathy college in Finland or whatever it was called institute of homeopathy and I phoned them Monday morning and I started on Wednesday so it was very it was like I just knew when I heard it I to me it was the the principle of it the 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 truth 
behind it. The law of similarities made absolute sense to me. And I think it's been actually, it's quite phenomenal that this law of, of like with like, that it's so universal that it works not only on humans, but it works also on animals. And it also works on plants, which is my latest love in homeopathy that I've been doing for the past 10 years and now increasingly is to work with plants and treating plants with homeopathic remedies. And you see the exact same principles. You see the exact things. You know, if you neglect a plant, you need the same remedy as when you neglect a human being. I think it's I think it's mind blowing. It's it is truly amazing, isn't it? And uh, in fact, I am later on today. I am going to speak to you about agri homeopathy because I think again that's something phenomenal, and the world can learn a great deal from this. But um, mm-hmm. it's interesting path that you had to homeopathy, but the fact that <clears throat> it um, it resonated uh, so well, you know, at at a young age is is. Uh, it's just amazing, isn't it? Because um, I, an example is I, I grew up with homeopathy. Um, it's I'm a fourth generation, so I saw my dad, uh, you know, practicing homeopathy. I know my great grandfather, you know, sort of not handed it down, but this, each son or, or daughter would see, you know, the practices being made, and um, it was just normal to grow up with something like this. But then, as you grow older, you realize the immense healing properties and power. That homeopathy has and the best testament are the millions and millions of patients around the world are they not who say do you know what one tablet or two maybe or whatever it is solved my problem and i'm well indeed it's it's and that is i think that that is the testimony to homeopathy that you know it's so huge for example in india it's huge in certain parts of the world where chemical medicine hasn't completely taken over and where all the you know pharmaceutical companies which haven't taken over so in those hmm. those kind of places homeopathy flourishes and also in places you know where it's been um a tradition to use to use homeopathy and 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 the UK is a good example the UK used to be you know 60% of of MDs OGPs used to uh, refer their patients to homeopathy. This was in the early 2000s, you know, before the anti-homeopathy campaign that's been going on since 2005, very, very successfully um, brainwashed people's people's minds against it. So, um, but that aside, in places where that hasn't been successful and where it's very well established, it's still there. And in fact, in many places, it's coming back. So people are being reintroduced to the idea that, come on, our bodies know best and we should support our bodies' innate healing facilities, healing capabilities, rather than make the pill do it instead. Absolutely. And it's um, it's interesting because as we are going to, of course, talk uh, in some detail about your work with uh, homeopathy for health in Africa and the fact that there are so many similar or, or uh, you know like-minded individuals predominantly actually in parts of Africa which which we're going to get onto and that's going to be a fascinating talk but um I, I know that you after you graduated you you came to the UK um after practicing for for a few years in in Finland and um yeah. you actually then joined the dynamist school so how how did that come about that would be very interesting to find out well, I I was in practice in Finland. And after um like you said, after a while, I felt like I've I need more. I need um, you know, continual professional development as it's called today. Hmm. You know, you I, I I think that homeopathy is one of those things that you absolutely need to start practicing it quite quickly after you start studying. And then you should go back into it after you've been in practice for a couple of years, because there are so many things that you can't take in when you're still a student. You can't understand about second prescription, third prescription, you know, case management. If it's only on a theoretical level, you need to see it in practice to be able Mm. to appreciate it and then to dive into it again, because learning is not linear. 
learning is like a spiral. So you need to revisit a certain things when you after you have some experience. And this is then what I, Jeremy, who is my husband to, today, um, he came to Finland uh, to, to do a seminar or something. And I was there as a translator in that seminar. So I translated it into Finnish. And then after that, after that, the weekend, you know, at, or at some point, I found out that he's got a postgraduate course and he just started another um, two year um, course in London. So then I started flying in to London to attend the Dynamis School. And uh, and yeah, the rest is history. We fell in love. And here we are 25 years later with three children. And I have, uh, you know, you know another three stepchildren and blah 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 so we've been together for a, for a long time and um but that's where i went to for my um for my postgraduate studies and of course jeremy at that point was already um an old hack you know old, <laughs> yeah he was old too <laughs> but he was very experienced so i know that from my point of view you know it speeded up the, all the learning for me because mm. because we've been together in this for so long and then the whole africa thing came later on and that was that was jeremy's brain brainchild come to africa to treat aids because he'd seen in his clinic how it works and how he'd made m- a massive difference to so many people's lives who have who are hiv positive so he felt that if he knows that he can help but he doesn't do it it's almost like a kind of a crime to not to do it, not to help when you know that you can. And in those days, you know, in the 1990s, at, when when he started with this whole idea of of going, and then finally a decade later or so, we we moved to to, to Tanzania. But he, his his desire to do it was was from much earlier on. And then you know we finally moved here and started with with HHA and uh, and you know as they say the rest is history but it was one of those I would never have thought of coming to Africa I had no uh, inclination inclination but it was one of those where I saw that it was really important to him and if you're married to someone and someone wants really feels like they need to do something for their soul then you know you 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 better support it because otherwise you know how's the marriage going to go if one of you is unfulfilled and isn't doing what they really need to be doing in their lives. So it's, I said, um, I'm going to give it six months. And then here we are many, many years later. So, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's a very uh, inspiring story and it's it's real. It's happening as we speak and the work that both you and, and Jeremy are doing. And um, But as you, were, as you were relaying that, um, it actually took my mind back to uh, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann because if it was not for his true compassion and care for mankind and the suffering of those that he saw, those who were suffering around him, we would never have seen, homeopathy would never have seen light and day. And we all homeopaths certainly are aware of his life. And it was not easy. He suffered a lot. But what he founded and the principles that we today adhere to is is incredible. Mm-hmm. But it takes, uh, homeopaths I found are very, compassionate they're very like-minded because you have to care for something to be able to be a homeopath is isn't that right you have to have that care inside you from for humanity for suffering homeopaths are not millionaires uh certainly you know maybe one or two well, but the majority aren't <laughs> well certainly no one's in it for the money that's, yeah absolutely <laughs> that's that's a fact it that that yeah i you're right and because there's no glory in this there's no award dinners. There's no Nobel prizes. There's no, um, you know, there's no money in it. There's, it, it's almost the opposite. You get quite a lot of, quite a lot of, you know, slack. You get quite a lot of mm-hmm. people feeling that they can, um, that they have the right to say of someone's life's work, of someone doing something for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, to say, them, oh, well, I, d- I don't believe in it, actually. And it's like, well, you know, great. 
<laughs> but so what? You don't yeah. believe in it. So it's it's stuff like it's, that. So it's almost like we all, always have to explain ourselves. We always have, or I feel, for, for me, you know, because I was, um, like you said, I was so young when I started. I was 20. So I, it was you know, all my peers went and did law and business and medicine and they became engineers or whatever. And there I was doing homeopathy and studying with middle-aged people who had a rethink of career, you know, all of them were, almost all of them were like that. So it was, it was very kind of very uncool. It was very hurtful, actually, the comments, sort of the comments, you know, um, very good I, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. I, I you you mentioned about um, people do mention and make these comments. I don't believe in it. The amount of times I've had a GP who, in practice, sitting in front of me saying, mm. "I'm here for help, but I don't believe in it." I just laugh. I said, "Well, I don't understand. That doesn't make sense at all." You're saying mm. you want help through homeopathy, of course, but you don't mm. believe in it. I said, "Well, how, how is that possibly going to help?" me helping you and 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 you know you giving me the information that i need we need to start on a clean mm-hmm. slate be unbiased come for help it doesn't matter if it's homeopathy or anything else um you know there's not one structure that can dominate the world as far as uh, healing is concerned there's so many modalities out there there's so many you know so therapeutics true. out there so true and i was just i actually just saw a small um Bit of a um, of a video clip of someone who was talking about education and how we've been fooled by the school system of believing that there is one answer, one answer, and everything else is wrong. And that's mm. how we come out is thinking that there is one answer, and and then of course we are set for failure if we think like that. Even homeopathy is based on the law of similars, not of the same. So similar means close enough, you know. It can be similar enough and be that remedy and it can be similar enough and be a different remedy and both of them are going to work because otherwise Mm. it would be impossible. And, you know, to say that there is one cure for cancer, it's ridiculous to sell us this idea. You know, we're going to find the cure for cancer. What a ridiculous um, notion to even say there are hundreds of cures to cancer cancer isn't cancer there are lots of different types of cancer that have different solutions that can be cured by regular medicine by radiation by chemotherapy by meditation by acupuncture by reflexology by homeopathy by blah 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 Mm. mindfulness whatever by stargazing there are millions of solutions that are that are similar to that will resonate with that particular individual and can cure them. So, so our thinking is so wrong, is so faulty to begin with of what is health and what is cure for that disease. It's a treatment for that person. So for a person to heal, that's how we need to look at it, that we are treating that individual. We're treating that person. We're treating him or her and we're not treating the disease. We are we are healing that person from wherever they're coming from and their unique set of symptoms that they have. And the uniqueness of it is is something that is is very difficult for a sort of three dimensional human beings to understand that it's it's uh, it's unique and it's and we are treating also deeper levels of a human being dimensions like for example a, a trauma that can be so deep that you can't treat it you can't mm. treat it with a three-dimensional medicine because it won't reach there like regular medicine can't go to that point if that point is the reason why that person is sick then that needs to be healed and no chemical is going to touch that so it has to be something other than that if we want to go to that level just one very small very small example was uh somebody recently came and they had um fibromyalgia and they were in excruciating pain and Mm -hmm. the treatment was to do with emotional trauma 
-hmm. and the pain has started to subside. Yeah. So it goes back to your point. It's treating the person holistically. It's treating the whole person. You know, the symptoms were, of course, physical symptoms were there. They were real. But the birth of that condition was the trauma that had this individual had suffered from. Treat the trauma mm -hmm. and everything hopefully should slot into place or has started to slot into place. It's so interesting because it's like we are we are these beings and I don't know how to, you know, we are more than just our physical bodies. Mm. We are something else. You know, we have we have a soul and we have energy layers and depending on from which tradition you come or which religion you come from, they have different names. But most all really all religions recognize recognize that we have there's more to us than just the physical body. We are in a body. So of course the body connects with us, whoever we are, whoever leaves the body after death. You know, everyone who's seen a dead body can say that she's not in there anymore. He's mm. not in there anymore. It's like an empty shell. Something has left. So, so when that's something that is the, the real us or the spiritual side of us, okay, it connects to a, to, a, to a human body, we, they work together. So when you're then treating the physical body, you can't ignore the spiritual body or the mental emotional body or whatever, mm. how, whatever you want to call it, they go hand in hand. Mm. So if you're only treating the physical body, then the other huge aspect of you that is not physical at all doesn't get treated. And if you only treat the mental emotional body with and, and ignore the physical body, that's not right either because mm. the physical body needs to be addressed because this is our, this is our, home our house where we live which is why we need to look after it because this is the the the, the embodiment that that is housing our spirit so that's why i love homeopathy because it takes both into account it says okay you are more than the sum of your parts where is the suffering coming from so even when you don't know that you can't remember let's say, some trauma, some childhood trauma, for example. You have no way of going to therapy and talking about it because you have no idea it happened, right? But our body is so intelligent that it can show signs and symptoms that then can lead the homeopath into the, into the correct remedy without even knowing mm. what we are really talking about. And that's the genius of homeopathy. We just take the signs and the symptoms and we say, oh, the left side of your body is numb and painful. Okay, I'm going to repetize that. I'm going to take that as a symptom. It's so, so true, isn't it? So much does need to be done uh, for the world, for the masses, for people to understand that. And certainly I'm not saying here, of course, I'm presenting the Homeopathy Health Show and we're talking homeopathy, but I'm not saying homeopathy is uh, is the be all and end all. Uh, but what I'm certainly saying is that it works and it works amazingly and it's applicable to those who want to use homeopathy, the principles. And like you've just so beautifully explained that you take the whole individual into consideration and you treat the three elements or the two elements, there may be three, there may be two, and the healing possibilities are amazing. Like we said before, there is no one answer. There are so many ways to heal yourself. And, and sometimes regular, you know, allopathic medicine is can do that and can can be the way. Sometimes mm. that can that can be uh, you know a great thing as well. I'm not saying, you know, always choose homeopathy. It's my choice. So mm. I choose it. Doesn't mean that I'm gonna to go to a chiropractor or an osteopath or you know, or a reflexologist every once in a while. I do. But but uh, it's my it's my number one choice because because that's what I choose and I I believe that everyone um, should have the right to make an informed decision about their healthcare mm. and when it's not informed when it's based on on propaganda and lies and dissing of homeopathy that's what, that's when I have a problem and that's why I like your radio show because I like it that people actually get 
you know, they 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 can make up their own minds without being lied to. I truly and utterly believe that people have the right to choose how they treat their own bodies, how they treat their families, their children. It's up to them. It's their choice. They can choose if they want to take the antibiotics or if they want to take Pulsatilla or something else. It's up to them. They can go to acupuncturist. It's up to them. They don't like needles. They're not going to go to the acupuncturist. They're going to go to the someone else. You know, it's up to us. You know, it's mm. it's it's great. Some people love chemicals. That's fine by me. But what is not fine by me is that people don't know about other things, and that's where um, information is very very um, it's key that we learn about it and we find out. Camilla, we can talk for hours. You know, this is great. I'm loving it. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask you, um, before we go to the um, homeopathy for health in Africa, um, you have lectured in the UK, in Israel, in Honduras, the USA, Norway, Denmark, Bulgaria, so many other countries. Um, what was that like? Because this is, um, you know, you were teaching, as far as I'm, my understanding is, uh, local doctors um, as well as the population. So what was that experience like? How did you find it? What was the reaction? Um, I was teaching the, the local doctors in the barrios in Honduras. Um, that's where I was. I was volunteering there. And, um, and, and the response was fantastic. They loved it. And because they used it on a very simple level. So they very simply, so, you know, saw the results very fast. So they were very keen to learn because I think like any true healer, we, we want to help people, you know, mm. where actually healers are not in it for the money. I mean, we have to live, right? So we have to charge, but, um, but you know, no one's in there for the, for the big bucks. If you want big bucks, you better do something else. Mm. The problem also with, with homeopathy is, of course, that when people get better, they don't come back. So it's definitely not a money-making <laughs> yeah. scheme. So the mm. better you are, the few, few yeah, patients That's a very good point, actually. actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but but that was great. And, and my lecturing, other than that, has been to homeo homeopaths and homeopathic students. So it's not that I've been lecturing to to you know to what to to the um, wide open public apart from the homeopathy for plants where I had I think ten thousand people online listening to it. But other than that, it's been you know fellow homeopaths and homeopathic students. And that leads us on to something which is very close to my heart as well, is the NGO that yourself and and Jeremy Sher uh, have founded, uh, which is homeopathy for health in africa what an absolutely amazing initiative but uh well let's hear it from you as you are the co-founder let's hear it from you what what is it what does it do how did the idea come about and you know what's it like being on the ground to help so many people selflessly you know with compassion and surely the contentment that may follow as a result i mean it's just beautiful you make it sound so wonderful. I <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is, it is wonderful. I know there's work involved, but it's wonderful what you're doing. Yeah, well, you know, uh, this morning, just before our session, I just went to do home home visits in one of the very rural areas here in the on the slopes of Kilimanjaro, and it just reminded me so much of why we are here and why we're doing what we're doing. On a, on a very simple level, which is to help people. So if we if we treat someone with homeopathic remedies, we then also try to help them get on their feet in other ways as well, because we treat the poorest of the poor in our in our in our clinics. And they are some of them, you know, they, they have they have really they have nothing. So we've built houses for them. We've built, we, like now, you know, we were taking measurements for beds. We, we um, are going to buy a coat for this man. We brought him a food parcel. We do these food parcels for the poorest people as well. Because, you know, when you go and you, you start giving homeopathic remedies and then you find out they're not eating. Well, what's the point of making them better mm. if they can't? 
they, if they don't have money to eat. And, and that's just where you, you, it's very difficult to walk away. It's very difficult to go and say, well, here's your remedy and bye-bye, I'll see you in a month. When you know mm. that, when you see how they live. So it's kind of expanded from just treating people to kind of a, a more holistic approach of, of helping also, also like that. And it does give you a very wonderful feeling where, you know, you feel, you know that you've, you've given great remedies, you know that they're going to be better, you know that their tummies are going to be full and, you, you know, you help their children go to school and stuff like that. So, you know, we, it's small what we do, but it's kind of boutique because <laughs> it's tailor-made. <laughs> yeah. The people that we know, we are not digging 150 wells like UNICEF does, not at all. We are very, very particular about, we know exactly who we're giving the money to, who we're buying the food for. We know where they live. We know their story. We know everything about them and we know how, we, how to help them. So then we can have like a fundraising drive for, um, you know, for food parcels, for example, or, or, okay, now we're building beds. We need money for the beds. And then we ask for people to donate. And um, what was your question again? I forgot. Um, <laughs> there were so many questions. I, no, I was, I was quite mesmerized there. Um, uh, the, the, the question was, um, you've obviously been there for 12 years. And, uh, you know, how, how this idea for HHA came together um, and oh, how did you yeah, how did was, you make a go of it? You know, how did you actually oh, make it happen? How did we do it? Mm. You know, you just have to do the doing. You just do. If you think and think and think, and you try to have the best possible plan and and business plan and um, whatever. If we done that, I don't think we would have achieved anything. We just mm. came and we just started to do it. You just put one foot in front of the other. And my God, how many times we failed. My God, how many times things that we've thought are great ideas haven't worked at all. Um, I remember thinking um, that getting goats would be a wonderful idea for us. <laughs> it was a terrible idea. We, we <laughs> thought it would be great to have a communal garden for all the HIV AIDS people. Sounds great. But it was awful. All the, all the produce were stolen while it was still unripe and hanging off the. <laughs> mm. it, there were so many issues, you know, we just couldn't do it. So many ideas that felt that they were wonderful just went right into the bin. But then at the same time, many ideas that we never could have thought of until you're actually here and living here, they could never have come up because no imagination can go there because you have no idea mm. what is actually going to come. So roughly, um, I would say the idea, the idea from the beginning was to do research. That was Jeremy's big plan um, to do research. And that turned out to be the hardest thing of all to do. So, and that has only just happened in the last um, some years, but the the actual treatment and the clinics and healing people that started very easy and that was really really easy it's so easy um, to help people to make them better what i'm saying is that when a person gets their quality of life back and they can go back to work and they can live a life and they are not constantly in pain and they can do something other than just be sick and poor and miserable then it's a quality of life at least. And I like it, cure or no cure, call it what you want. But I know that that uh, this is something that was has been very, very easy and very, very satisfying. Um, really wonderful, actually. And really wonderful, actually, to be working in an environment where no one cares. None of the patients care that we're doing homeopathy. To them, it's mm. no different than anything else. You know, they're used to traditional medicine. They're, they're used to witch doctors. They're used to paying attention to their dream life, for example. They're used to spirit, the spiritual. To them, the spiritual world is, is normal. So for them, homeopathy is just as fine as, as anything else. They call it the water medicine. They say, oh, go to the people who give you the water dawa, the water medicine, because <laughs> we dilute everything in water. But... Um, 
but so that's you know that's that's how it started was with the research and wanting to Jeremy wanted to help with AIDS because he had like I said before he had so many good uh, results in the West and we have people from all walks of life coming with all sorts of problems. How many um, do you get? I mean, is what's the timing? So how, what? How big's the team? And how many patients are you able to help on, on a daily basis? If you, any numbers, you know, just to get an idea of of what mm-hmm. a day is like as mm-hmm. such. Right. So our team consists of um, three Tanzanian homeopaths who work on the ground, and then we bring in volunteers from the west or from. Mm. Western, Eastern, wherever, from all over the world, like professional homeopaths who come and volunteer and help us out as well. So um, we treat um, between 12 and 13,000 people on a regular basis in the Kilimanjaro area. Um, A regular day at the office or at the outreach is something between 20 and 30 people a day. And and the, the outreach clinics and the HIV AIDS, that's all free. So those are much busier than then our center where we charge something. We don't charge a lot, but still we charge something. Mm. So so um yeah, so that's that's how it goes. And we treat we are now in the process of training a lot more local homeopaths, and we're actually setting up um a curriculum like a pan-African curriculum of homeopathy where we do part online and we part invite people to sit in with us so that they learn on the ground what we do and, uh, you know, where, where it becomes very practical because we want it to be practical. We want people to be able to um, be on the ground and do great work and, and hand out great remedies. That's amazing. I'm I'm, I'm uh, fascinated by the uh, you, the fact that you're starting to impart knowledge and and training up locals. I mean, that's uh, that's really something, isn't it? That's very commendable indeed. And I actually wish you you know exemplary success in that. But um, thank you. It must be long hours as well. And I mean, uh, you, you're happy. I have to ask. I'm sure somebody else will. Uh, yeah, you're both happy there. We all, our whole family lives here. Well, now our eldest son um, is um, he studies at uni in Bristol, so he's there. But we still have our two daughters are here, and Jeremy's here. And you know, with COVID, all he's he used to tra- teach all over the world, so that is mm. now very much online, even since COVID. So he's very much here, and. Um, He's in charge of one of the hospital clinics, so he goes every week to this hospital and um, and uh, has a lot, a lot, a lot of patients there. So I can imagine. We are very much, we are very much on the ground and very much here and very much loving it. We, I love living in Tanzania. I, I, you know, every time I go back, back to the west, I go. We lived in Israel for a while and. And um, of course, I'm from Finland, and I li- I lived in the UK for almost ten years. Hmm. Whenever I go back, I love it. But I'm also it's like a culture shock, like a reverse culture shock, where you are like, wow, wow, like how many types of cheeses can there be, or you know things like that. Yeah, where I know that one. <laughs> where, yeah, yeah, and uh, which is wonderful. <clears throat> I love cheese, and. Uh, but here, it's it's more. I feel like, actually, a, f- a friend of mine said that in the West, years fly by, and in Africa, you live every day. You know that's absolutely and, true, though. It is. Yeah. The weeks are flying by here in the UK, and mm-hmm. everything is always. You know this, of course. It's always rushed. Everything's a rush, mm-hmm. rush, rush, and mm-hmm. there's hardly any time. And when you do get time to yourself, even that's a rush. Or, you know, dare I say it, you feel guilty because you've had some time to yourself uh, and you've left some yeah. other commitments. So, but uh, I know when I went to Kenya, was, we were talking before the um, b- before the show that uh, I've been to Kenya where my uncle was a homeopath in Nairobi um, several times. And I always found that um, I would go for two weeks maybe, but those two weeks always seemed like six months. You know, I we, we had such a, yeah. uh, the, the days were long, 
um well mm-hmm. till seven anyway it was always you know it's mm-hmm. always sunset it was always around seven ish or something mm-hmm. but uh, yes. the days always seemed long they appeared long and we managed to do so much uh you know i would sit in with him with his clinics as he saw patients i would help him preparing remedies and so forth yes but we could get so much done in a day and here it's just constantly looking at the clock and thinking oh i've got to do this i've got to do that you know it's nearly nightfall strange Correct. isn't it how that happens it is <laughs> and I, I i i've been thinking about this a lot actually how it because i have exactly that same experience as you hmm. and i have a few theories and one is that we are very close to the equator so i think that time actually <laughs> i feel that it's it's not <laughs> the same as you know in the north um yeah i it, hmm. it feels like days are longer and I'm wondering if they actually are, because time also is not linear. So I don't know. But as a woman, I would say that one reason, you know, someone said to me recently, they said, how do you, Camilla, how do you manage to do so many things? How is it possible that you're managing this and that and that? And I'll tell you exactly why. And that is because here I have house help. I have people who cook for me, who iron for me who clean for me, who even shop for me, who do my garden, who, who you know, wash my windows, who sweep the floors. And this is something that in the West, we are so, women, I, I'm talking, I'm a woman, you know, with three children. And I know that as a woman, there's an enormous pressure to have a career, to make a lot of money, to look gorgeous, to have time to go to the gym, to have hobbies, to look after your children perfect, perfectly, to feed them organic food, to cook from scratch, to not buy ready-made meals. And, or, and then, of course, on top of it, all the actual, the time that goes into shopping, into cooking, mm-hmm. into even just throwing the clothes in the in the washing machine. And then even if you don't iron them, you have to fold them. I mean, all of this takes so much time that there is no room left for creativity. And whereas here, I always had the time so I could go and I would do my clinics and see my 20, 30 patients. And I would be home for the afternoon and the lasagna would be on the table and I still had time to be with my my children and to enjoy them you know to mm. read stories to them and and I didn't I I didn't have if I'd had all the housework on top of it I would not have survived uh, none of this would have been possible I'm inherently lazy I take my time I I do <laughs> and I don't feel guilty for one second I never I never you you certainly don't come across as lazy. To tell me after doing the work that you're doing, <laughs> that's the no, last. No, but thing. I am also. I'm no, but I am also. I'm very good at delegating. I'm very good at building structures and having saying, okay, having a team. Like for example, let me tell you something about our social media team. I don't have time to do it, and none of us have time to do it. So we have people that volunteer their time in New Zealand, in Australia, in Hawaii who put together our social media stories. Mm. We, uh, we send them the photos and the blah, 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 a quick thing, but they put it together because you can't do everything by yourselves. Mm. And being a homeopath is a lonely job because you don't, you have to be self-employed. No one's going to hire, there's no institutions that are going to hire you. You have to do it all yourself. You have to do the marketing. You have to do that. How true that is. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it takes it takes a lot. Branson was doing all the virgin stuff and he had his virgin airplanes and credit cards and rockets and whatever. And I read an interview where he said, he said, I surround myself with people who are smarter than me and I'm excellent at delegating. And that stuck with me. Really, like, and I've, I've really, I really take pride in doing that. I take pride in having people on my team that are smarter than me, that, that are really good at doing things that I'm really terrible at, like Excel sheets. Um, we have a wonderful um, uh, PA 
in the UK who, without whom we would never be operational. We have people who are fabulous at numbers and figures and, and all this stuff. And Jeremy and I are, unfortunately, we're good at the same stuff. We're good at being homeopaths. But, you know, someone has to do the nitty gritty. Someone has to make sure that the remedies are in order, that they are filled when they mm. are finished, that the, the, the car has petrol in it, stuff like that. So, and I don't like micromanaging. I don't. I really don't enjoy it. And I'm not like that. So the one secret to us being successful is all those people that are in on this team. Interesting. That's, uh, uh, that's uh, for, for those listening, that was a golden nugget from uh, Camilla Scher there. Uh, we should learn from that and certainly take it on board. But um, I wanted to uh, sort of end our uh, our talk, of course, uh, for, for this time anyway. And I'm quite sure that later in this year, um, you know, you will come back and, and talk more on on how everything is going. But uh, something very close to your heart as well, which is agri homeopathy. I know that you've helped actually, well, as far as um, agri homeopathy. Well, why don't you let me know what that is rather than me explain what that is <laughs> i'm not the expert <laughs> <laughs> well agri homeopathy agri homeopathy is very simple it's basically you're treating your plants with homeopathy so you can treat humans you can treat animals and you can treat plants and that is um something that is very close to my heart because i I've always loved plants. And when I was a homeopathy student, I would give Arnica to my injured plants. And I saw that it worked. So the seed was, excuse the pun, was um, unintentional pun, was kind of um, planted at, at that time in the early 90s. But what, what we can do for, for farms and plants and, and gardens with homeopathy is phenomenal. And you can, we can do this in the same way as we do with people so we can strengthen mm. the plants, we can make them stronger. And when they are stronger, they are more resilient to diseases. They are more resilient to insect infestations, for example. And as well as that, we can also treat the soil. And that to me is a deal breaker because the soil at the moment is in dire straits all over the world. It's mm been so exploited and it's been so used and abused and depleted that um, the plants that grow from that soil have no nutrients in them they have no life in them they are they are um, it, it, it's we're in a bad way so to heal the soil I've I've used homeopathy so what I've done is I've used homeopathic remedies in a way like we would use, vitamins or minerals for ourselves for our bodies so it's kind of like the soil is kind of like our body or our digestive tract hmm. and i've used um, potentized potassium phosphates um, nitrates in homeopathic forms in a potentized form to fix those deficiencies in the soil very successfully and it's proven that it works because we have measured the soil before and after, and there have been no other, uh, nothing else, no compost, nothing has been added except the homeopathy. And in one month, the soil is completely balanced. So that is an absolute deal breaker. It's like a, a game changer. Mm. It's, it's something that we can, you know, can imagine if you can give homeopathic phosphates instead of real phosphates, and therefore none of our lakes become overgrown with algae for example so it's massive the the implications are massive plus can you imagine the amount of money that farmers would be saving when they don't have to buy very very expensive fertilizers mm, absolutely yeah. what an incredible journey you've had so far starting from finland getting involved with homeopathy your journey to england advancing your studies ending up in Tanzania, serving humanity to the best of your abilities, and now working on something that will, I hope, become uh, you know huge around the world, which is um, homeopathy and plants. So it's uh, it's been an absolute joy and very humbling for me 
to be able to speak to you and to listen to you. Thank you so, so much. I don't know what else to say. I'm really humbled. Thank you. Well, Antique, when you put it like that, I'm like, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, it sounds so, um, yeah, it sounds great. It's, um, thank you for that. And thank you for having me here. And, and next time when you come and visit your family um, in East Africa, you must pop in and come and see us and come and see what we do and come and see our operation. And uh, it would be really our pleasure to yeah, have God, you here. In Kilimanjaro, I would love that. Thank you to you. Thank you for raising people's awareness about homeopathy. It's very important what you do because it's like they say: if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to see it, did it even fall? So, mm -hmm. without people like you, Atik, um, no one would hear about anything amazing that happens in the homeopathy world. And we are not the only people who do that. There are thousands of other people who do absolute miracles with homeopathy so Absolutely. thank you for bringing that to 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 people's consciousness and and onto the radio waves oh that's very kind of you to say and um pleasure talking to you and hopefully we'll speak later late this year take care and, and god that's bless great Atik. thank you so much and yeah. you have thank a wonderful you. day i do hope you've enjoyed the homeopathy health show here on uk health radio the world's number one talk health radio Tune in next time for more things homeopathy, interviews and segments on the healing possibilities that homeopathy can bring you. And don't forget to visit UK Health Radio online at www.ukhealthradio.com to see the many other amazing shows available to listen live and on demand. Or why not download the app from the iOS and Android stores. Until next time, stay safe and take care.